Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. On this episode of More on Manufacturing, we're joined by Andre Dallin, CEO of Dallin SPA. Dallin designs, manufactures, and installs equipment such as punching machines, roll formers, laser cutting, and packaging machines for the processing of thin metal sheet. Andrea is the author of The Revolution of Efficiency and Think Thin and is a host of the Manufacturing Efficiency Podcast. Andrea also works with other manufacturers, analyzing production processes and helping these companies be more efficient and profitable. So welcome, Andrea. I appreciate you uh, coming on to the show today and giving us all your insights. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Mike. Uh, thank you. Well, so let, let's just start. I, I know you, you know, we were talking beforehand. You've got a you got a really, I think, kind of neat story. You started as, you know, quote, an inventor, so mm -hmm. to speak, at six years old. But maybe tell us a little bit about your company, how you became the CEO of Dallin and then all of a sudden started writing books and coaching companies uh, to be more productive. Well, uh, it's been a, it's been a long uh, uh, process. Uh, actually, my father established the company in 1978 when I was uh, just uh, three years old. And uh, uh, he always says uh, that uh, the company is uh, his uh, third daughter. And uh, I can guarantee you that uh, he has uh, spent uh, quite a, a lot more time with the company rather than <laughs> with me and my sister. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, um, my father started as a designer. He's also an engineer. And uh, I used, I, as I was a kid, I, I used to join him when he was drafting the first machines, uh, the first uh, role forming equipment. And so I admired my father as uh, kids uh, normally mm. do and uh, uh, <clears throat> well I started uh, to uh, I I started to try to to design something as I was very very young uh, and uh, I in, in one of my book I put the episode when I I drafted uh, one machine for him as I was uh, just six years old but um, actually so that was uh, one attempt to try trying to impress him <laughs> <laughs> Well, in, in any case, uh, uh, living with him uh, and uh, as the company was growing, uh, I chose my, my, my studies uh, also in the engineering field. Uh, and then I started to uh, join him uh, in international exhibitions. Uh, for And so uh, little by little, I got into uh, sales uh, um, and uh, also in, uh, but I w worked in all different uh, uh departments of the company. So from the assembly to the designing department and so on. So at the end, uh, when I was uh, 25, I finished the university and I, I joined the company in uh, the role of, uh, in a role of sales uh, for one specific area that were punching machines and laser cutting machines. So that was uh, uh, the department I worked to, to develop. So, but everything went uh, very, very, it was very fluid. <laughs> so, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, in, 20, in 2013, uh, I became CEO of the LAN. Uh, and it was a moment when we did a huge reorganization of our company because over time, my father had uh, established six different companies. Uh, they were all working as uh, departments uh, and uh, we did merge all the companies into Dallan SPA uh, and right now so we have uh, 170 uh, 
um, between engineers, employees, technicians, and specialists uh, that work uh, together with me. And I'm actually very lucky to work with such a great team of professionals. That's great. So, so your company, I know I've, I've, you've, you've written books on efficiency, you've written books on and blogs on productivity, uh, raw material costs. What, what made your switch, you know, what, what turned the light bulb on, so to speak, uh, that made you start thinking about, Hey, we need to look at our own production processes, our own sustainability. Then all of a sudden you're, you're working with other companies. So, so what drew that to, you know, what, what made you get to that point? Well, uh, the, uh, the focus on efficiency has, uh, efficiency has always been in focus for our, uh, in our processes and also in the processes that we help our customers to optimize. So, uh, over time working in sales, I have, uh, uh got the, the, uh, the, not the only the impression, but it was uh, something very consistent uh, that all our companies, when they are contacting us, uh, they were looking into ways to make their production more efficient, uh, more efficient means uh, to, uh, produce using less uh, raw materials, uh, less energy, less labor. Uh, increasing the flexibility. So it has a lot to do with lean production. So looking into waste uh, and trying to minimize it. But uh, of course, my experience has been uh, focused uh, a lot into uh, sheet metal processing. So which is uh, what we help our customers uh, do. Uh, in 2019 or so, right before the pandemic, I had written a lot of articles for technical reviews here in Italy and also in England regarding the um, justification of uh, for capital investment and so on uh, and i decided to gather all this information in the form uh, of, a, of a book because uh, uh, it was uh, important to have all this information about efficiency uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, how can i say written down as something that could be easily read and understood by by our customers also. Uh, And because of that, I I didn't want to make it a very hard reading. So I was uh, I looked uh, and I asked our customers to um, intervene with some reviews, some case studies, some funny stories about how we introduced the first machines. And that has really been the uh, what made the book uh, really readable and understandable. Because uh, one thing is going through formulas, and one other thing is to understanding from the voice of the end user how mm-hmm. they ended up increasing efficiency through a certain process, or through a certain reorganization, through a certain um, uh, through through a certain coaching that we did for these companies as well. Uh, that's that's great. It's 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 not it's it's neat to hear those kind of stories because that's what gets <laughs> you know that's that's what gets other companies so you know intrigued by us hearing hey this company was able to achieve this level of of efficiency or production or this level of success and say wow there's got to be really something to this. I know I've I've worked with another number of companies that do that to varying degrees of success. Sometimes it's you know you can see where management and ownership is really behind 
a, a movement to get something and what impact that really has versus where they're kind of dipping their toes, so to speak, and not really behind it. And then they end up not being as successful as they would want to be uh, because they're not really putting the energies to it. So I think, you know, sharing that uh, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, the idea was exactly this. Um, when uh, when we look at our past experience, if we can have some real life examples where mm -hmm. one company can read of a similar company reaching a certain degree of material saving or automatization, that really is priceless. And, and I mean, what my customers did for me was really a gift, and it is a gift for all companies in the in the field of. Mm -hmm thin sheet metal manufacturing. Sure. And, and I, I imagine a lot of the concepts cross over any type of manufacturer in all, in all reality, lean crosses over, Absolutely. you know, I know even, you know, you let you, you listen to books about the Toyota production system, right? Yeah. You know, vehicle manufacturer that has crossed over everything, even in professional services we've done, we've, we've used lean internally to improve our service processes because it just, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, to reduce waste at the end of the day, right? You're reducing waste yes. and that's the goal. So yes, yeah, we have to reduce the waste in our processes, but also we have to optimize our information flow. And there mm -hmm. are really a lot of examples where we can increase. Well, I, I, I divided efficiency into these four main aspects. So sustainability, which is when we end up making the same amount of product using less raw material and less energy. Then we have automatization when we manage to, uh, when we can reduce the amount of labor that we, uh, that is required to finish one product. Productivity, which means using less time to make uh, the same amount of product and flexibility that has to do with the, the just-in-time production uh, and so on. And these four aspects are not only what you find in the sheet metal manufacturing, but also in mm -hmm. a lot of other businesses. So it's very transversal and uh, uh, applicable to a lot of different fields, Mike. Sure. So let's talk about, you know, one of those, you talk about sustainability mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes sustainability can come with, a, you know, this idea that there's a lot of cost involved with trying to be, have a sustainable manufacturing trying to get to a point where you are saving energy or trying to save material costs. So is can, can a sustainable production process ultimately be very profitable for a company? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, not in all, uh, in all cases, but uh, there are a few cases mm -hmm. like in uh, um, laser cutting for sheet metal or in the production of metal profiles direct with this uh, role forming uh, systems where we actually can uh, introduce savings for our customers, for example, up to 20% of the raw material. Uh, so if I, if uh, to manufacture the same amount of product, I use 20% less material, I mm -hmm. get two great results. First of all, my production becomes more sustainable because I have to start from less raw material that, that doesn't have to be produced in the first place. But the second thing is that uh, since I don't have to buy it, <laughs> it, it makes our production a lot more profitable as well. 
And when we go down to the calculations of how much, uh, uh, how much cash flow is generated by these products, we are speaking of uh, hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars per year, if not wow. millions in some cases. So mm -hmm. today, when the cost of raw material is increasing so much, having a 20% saving in the raw material usage can represent a huge asset for the companies mm -hmm. that start to invest sure. in this direction. And apart from this, then we have the uh, uh, energy savings. So there are these newest uh, uh, production systems that have all digital drives uh, that can save up to 40%, 50%, up to 70% of the energy. Wow. And that also becomes a huge asset uh, today. Mm -hmm. Introducing automation again, so we are reducing the amount of labor, but today this is also making our production more robust because mm -hmm. so in this period when we have uh, had have faced the pandemic, we know that, uh, well, in our company in this beginning of the year, we have uh, now uh, 10% of the people that are at home because of this uh, mm -hmm. COVID, quarantine, and so on. I, I don't know how it sure. is in the US now, but in Italy, it is a little mm. bit crazy. So how mm -hmm. to get to organize the production. And so having a higher degree of automation helps companies stay productive and profitable even during a, a difficult time, such as this one of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, it, this has less to do with sustainability, but every, all aspects are at the end of the day interconnected. Mm -hmm. If uh, uh, there is also one one other aspect uh, that uh, we are seeing uh, mostly in Europe and in the US, where uh, a lot of productions that uh, were used to be outsourced to China or to other co other countries with a lower uh, labor cost are now mm -hmm. being. Uh, uh, brought back uh, into the country mm -hmm. because of the cost of the transport uh, and mm -hmm. because transport is also one part uh, of uh, not only of the cost of the product but uh, also of the uh, uh, aspects that uh, impact uh, sustainability because uh, so if I have to, 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 to transport goods from uh, China from other countries uh, uh, into into Europe or into the, in the US. So these are costs, not only, that could be spared if I can bring back the production uh, into mm -hmm. the country. So uh, sustainability is really something that uh, requires, uh, for sure, an analysis because it's not something that you can, uh, you can, you can have the turnkey solution for everything. But when you right. really analyze the processes and you analyze where the real costs are, especially in this period where energy costs and uh, raw material costs are rising, that can introduce uh, huge savings uh, and therefore huge profits for the companies that invest in this direction. Yeah, I think you, you bring up some really good points there. You know, first hitting labor, hitting on the labor side of things, we're, we're struggling uh, our manufacturers here are struggling. In fact, all of, a lot of our industries are struggling with labor, uh, trying to find people who are are willing and able, and and you know also will stay. I mean, there's there's turnover that people will come in, they'll work 
for a few weeks and then next thing you know they're they're gone they might be finding the next job down the road that pays a dollar or two an hour and manufacturers are all trying to wait there there there's this wage war sort of going on to see to to try to draw the 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 labor back to their company and it's getting to a point where it's holding back production in a lot of cases we heard and we still see supply chain issues i mean don't get me wrong there's there are supply chain issues but you've got when you get the supplies in, when you get the materials in, uh, it's difficult to get them out the door. You know, the backlog is growing, which backlog is always a nice thing to have. The, there's that comfort level and having, you know, orders. But when you start seeing that backlog go from, you know, double and triple the amount of time that it should be taking on the lead times, that becomes problematic for everybody. Are, are you are you experiencing some of that same stuff on in, in terms of uh the supply chain and and then the labor. I guess you've you've alluded to the labor. Yeah, well, we are in production as well, so we are producing machines. We are not producing the end products such as our customers, but we are constantly looking for people for uh, who want to uh, get on board, uh, learn uh, the job of assembling, designing, uh, uh, and servicing these uh, big production lines that we are. Uh, delivering mm-hmm. to our customers. It's uh, uh, a constant uh, um, a constant effort that, that we have, especially there is a lot of uh, stress on our on the HR departments right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only finding the people, but having them trained, retaining mm-hmm. them. Retention is mm-hmm. one of the huge aspects. Right. And if we could automate a part of our processes, uh, I, well, Believe me, we would have done it uh, already. The fact is that our job is to help uh, other companies automate their processes. So right now we have a huge, uh, we are facing a huge demand. In fact, so for some type of machines, we are close to two years uh, deliveries. Uh, but uh, at the at the same time, uh, we we are we are looking for people to. Uh, to, to, to improve our capacity as well, uh, Mike. So I think uh, there is a lot that we can do on the training side to improve the production internally. In fact, uh, we have uh, constantly, an, an, we have an internal academy to keep people always up to date and to, to make sure that we can deliver the best possible service to our customers. But training is what is also more and more required from our customers. They have a nice new machine, the operator leaves to go to another company and they need someone to get trained quickly uh, mm-hmm. again. So uh, this has sped up a lot the request of automation from uh, our customers. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think the trend is increasing. Uh, this is our view. So do you do you see it? So you, you you really see automation as kind of the future of, I mean that's where it seems you know I, I know manufacturers are constantly looking at it saying okay we're having difficulty with labor here or this process this manual process is very redundant how do we automate this how do we make it better so uh, it sounds like you really see automation like, like many as, as being something that you've got to analyze does the investment make sense and then go find that machine or or a company that has the machine ability to to create the machine that you need to automate that's right i think i think uh, today the the uh, 
if one company can find a reliable partner to develop their automation to be to act not only as supply as a supplier but as a consultant uh, in order to help them analyze their processes uh, how much more efficient they can become i think it can be a huge asset um, for example in the us for example we have uh, had uh, a huge increase in the demand for automation right now mm-hmm. we are producing sure. systems uh, that go from the coil of material to the finished product uh, packed uh, in carton boxes, palletized and ready for the delivery. This type of systems, uh, of course, uh, it, you have uh, one system of this kind uh, start, uh, so uh, does the same job as eight machines uh, of the older style that were a little bit slower, mm-hmm. that they, re- they required a lot of people doing the packaging uh, and so on. Of course, so you go from eight people to two people that you need to manage one machine of this kind. At the same time, you need to have people mm-hmm. with a certain level of skill. So uh, it's not something that you can uh, uh, delegate uh, to. So you have to be willing as a company not only to invest in the automation in the machine, but also mm-hmm. to invest in the right uh, level of skill, sure. in the right people to keep the production going <laughs> so uh, andreas so i guess you know the last thing as as we uh, kind of come to conclusion here on on our chat which i've i've really enjoyed is uh i know you guys are in the u.s market you have you have uh office space here you're working in the u.s what, what brought you to the u.s and uh you know what do you think of the u.s markets at this point uh, well uh, so the u.s market uh, is uh a market where we started working in the 90s. So we uh, have customers uh, that have consistently uh, purchased the systems from us and machines. But over time, uh, we have uh, uh, seen that the request for automation was increasing a lot. And uh, uh, being uh, present in the US market does not just require a a sales office, but it requires also a very good service. uh, here in the country. So the, um, our investment as a company was to start our subsidiary here in Ohio. So since, uh, to, since the end of 2020, we also have a facility here. And uh, so from this facility, we have, uh, uh our technicians that can support our customers, Uh, directly here in the States. And that's uh, an essential aspect because as we were speaking before, so we, our customers do not just need the system, they need the training, they need the service, and they need to be able to keep these machines up and running. And the the more automation you have, uh, the more you need uh, a very reliable partner to work with uh, and to develop, uh, uh, to to support your production. Well, great. Well, it's, well, thank you so much for being on on with us today, and uh, you know I've, I've enjoyed the thank conversation. You, I appreciate your insights. I always think that getting insights from manufacturers as to what they're doing, how they're doing things, just it just kind of continues that conversation. So every little bit and piece that somebody can pull it just helps their own their own company perform better. I think, and and those ideas and sharing those ideas are so important. Absolutely. And uh, I hope all the, the, this information was uh, uh, of help to your listeners. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed being, being here with you, Mike. Great. Well, and, and for our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Uh, 
hope you, uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Of course, you can you can search for Dallin SPA and you can see the books that Andrea has written and the articles. I think there's some great insights in there. And I know a lot of the listeners that I work with, uh, they they are always looking for other ideas and reading and that, you know, that intellectual piece of trying to continue to make their companies better. So thanks to our listeners and uh, looking forward to uh, another episode in the next month. To learn more about James Moore and Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.